0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Heater and MJ. In this week's episode we'll be discussing Netflix's first film, the 2015 war drama Beasts of No Nation, directed by Kari Joji Fukunaga and starring Abraham Attar and Idris Elba. To start off our episodes we're going to head off with a Fast flick section where each presenter is going to do a quick 30 second summary of the film. So we're going to head over to Heater first to give us his 30 second summary.
1: Thanks a lot, Jesse. Uh, so, Beasts of No Nation, the story of a young boy in war torn Africa and his transformation into a child soldier, his relationship with the battalion
2: leader, and his loss of innocence. Very nice, mate. Um, brilliant performances by a minor teaming up with an A lister about a world that I can't empathise with. A raw and compelling war tale about power, relationships, and the importance of family.
0: Awesome. So mine's a little bit longer. I've got a young boy struggles to get by in a war-torn country. He's separated from his family and joins a rebel cause with the intention of getting revenge on the people who took his family away. The commandant of the group takes him under his wing for more reasons than merely mentorship. We follow his journey of losing his innocence to standing up and making the choice to leave and head towards turning his life around and dealing with the horrible things he has seen and done. Sorry, I think we've all probably got, um, <laughs> it's got a heavy start. Heavy, heavy, yep. Very, very heavy start. Very <laughs> really intense start with So before we sort of um, get into the film sort of in a meaty sort of way, have we got some uh, sort of film history or fun facts about the film that we could
1: discuss? And Peter, do you want to hit us off with something? Um, yeah, so just some facts. So I always uh, found that the film is based on a novel that was published in 2015, i uh, sorry, 2005 with the same name. And the writer and director Kari Joji Fukunaga, he worked on the script for seven years before I got into production.
2: Sarah, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I should have known that. but I didn't know. that. <laughs> I didn't know no, the book. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't. I don't care how long he wrote for. <laughs> <laughs> so MJ, what, have, what did you find out about the film? Ah, uh, look, this, yeah, I mean, I think the the most interesting thing for me is is the fact that this is this is the first film that Netflix produced themselves and, and made themselves and. Um, I, I think it, it it's it's important for us to sit there and go okay they've they've released this you know really compelling war drama as opposed to you know some of the other films that they brought out recently you know does it does that mean anything that they went with something that was released in cinemas at the same time but um, were they were they trying to make a stand and this is this is the sort of company that we want to be known for we're not going to be sitting there just. Bumping out these Adam Sandler movies and, and a few other smaller films that they're getting out, I think it, I think it was a really important point for them to to make this film as as their first film. And talking about that, sort of you know this was their
0: first film, so they were sort of you know breaking ground in that they wanted a theatrical release so they can put it up for award season. But they got shut down by a lot of cinemas as well because you know cinemas want that ninety day period where. They had exclusive yeah, rights to to show a film, and you know, in America in particular, a lot of the the, the main cinema chains said no, we're not going to show your film because you're not going to
1: guarantee us, less value for yeah, them, less yeah. value for them yeah. to yeah. make money as well. Um, of, so the uh, obviously it was filmed um, in West Africa in Ghana. Um, and the director actually contracted malaria while filming, unfortunate for him. And also, there read uh, some real former child soldiers were cast as extras. However, a lot of them had to be replaced with locals while filming as they were arrested under suspicion of being mercenaries in West Africa. Seems to be a fair reason to arrest someone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, like, Netflix did do a good job of trying to get it screened, so they had it at the Venice um, International Film Festival, Um and the young kid who played Agu, um, he won um, the Emerging Actor Award um, for um, the Marcello Mastriani Award. So um, it's quite impressive. So
2: Abraham Attar, just to give he you was a. the credit that he needs.
1: It was fantastic.
2: And Four, 14 years old when,
1: when yeah, they were filming this. brilliant. Yeah. I think he's gone on to be in, was he in Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, he yeah, was I'm in Spider-Man sure. Homecoming. He just had a small role in that. That's when you know you've made it, when you're in Marvel films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can be in another 10 films yeah. without any worries. Just in, in the theme of awards, so it wasn't nominated for any Oscars. Um, but Idris Elba was nominated for a Golden Globe for the best supporting actor. He did lose it though to Sylvester Stallone for his role in Creed, Creed. Creed yeah. which was a good performance. But we could debate that for a while, I reckon. <laughs> Stallone didn't win the Oscar that year. He did though. not win it. Mo- yeah. Mark Rylance won it, I That's think, right, for yeah. Bridge of Spies. Yep, yeah, right. Bridge of mm. Spies. What a slow movie. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Critical consensus. What did the What did the critics think of this film? Popular, popular, yeah, popular. I think i having a look. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it had it at 91, percent um, which is pretty high, I guess for um, for a compilation of, of reviews. Um, not that I'd say any of us judge our um, our perception of films
2: on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Wouldn't <have> thought so? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So with I guess, that said, I don't think we're going to be hitting 91 in the next few weeks with the <laughs> films we're doing. So like 91 is a big score. I when when, when I was watching it was playing around my volume
0: because I don't know if you guys noticed when the Netflix logo came at the start and the end there was not that didn't wasn't there
2: okay I didn't notice that I, I, I didn't, didn't notice I didn't that at all that. No. So
0: I was I took it back to the start like three times I turned my Apple TV off turn it back on turn the volume off on the TV I'm like what's going on and then and it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't there so I think it was a purposeful um, you know maybe to to draw out that impact of the opening scene but um, very interesting yeah, and wasn't on the at the Netflix logo at the end it's there, fascinating oh it's very interesting have, have
2: they done that have we know that they've done that before
0: I haven't seen it in any original Netflix content before so wow. that stood out to me massively um,
2: yeah. yeah
0: so I guess going around now what are some likes and dislikes that we've had from this film MJ anything that that stood out for you that you really liked
2: um, oh look it's funny because I I really did enjoy this film um, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that we were taking on a journey from the perspective of the main character. And I think the way they set him up to be this this young guy who... he's He's got a pretty good life. He's pretty safe. He's yeah. got good parents. He's got good family. He, and he, he's basically naive to, to this war that's going on. So from an audience perspective, the majority of people watching it are in that same boat. They don't understand what it's like to deal with a war-torn nation. They don't understand what it's like to have your family ripped apart. So everything that Agu is going through um, as an audience, we're going through it with him. So we get to grow with him uh, and learn with him. And I think that's a really nice way to, to bring your audience along. And that's, that's probably what I enjoyed the most about the film is that Agu and I guess the director really took us on that journey. So um we could understand where it was coming from, but on the flip side of that, we do need to remember that everything from this movie is from Agu's perspective, yeah. um, and you need to sometimes take a few things with a grain of salt, um, which which is very interesting as well. And I'll, I'll get into some of that stuff later, but um, really good technique and it worked really well because it's difficult to have a, a have a film with such you know graphic themes and and, and ideas. and and still keep everyone on board and I I was engrossed the whole time even though it was you know unsettling to watch at times yeah
1: absolutely Hedah oh I agree with everything that MJ said Um, one of the big things to me I liked in this was the acting performances I thought there were some really great performances Idris Elba who is someone that I love that I think was his best acting performance in a film I thought he was fantastic. So TV, what's what's his best performance? Oh, TV? His best performance is The Wire. His his character of Stringer Bell will not be beaten. Luther. I'm L- Luther is his second best <laughs> acting <laughs> performance. So Idris Elba rates as Stringer Bell in The Wire, Detective D- DCI John Luther okay. in in Luther, and then this is
2: number three. I think this is his best acting performance in a film. I thought he was. Phenomenal mm-hmm. and uh, Can we just talk about I, I want to talk about The Commandant As a character as well Oh, oh. <laughs> Hated the character But might have be you, So, yeah, so just... there was Did anyone else Go through a period Where You were starting To like him As this saviour And rescuer Absolutely Until that one scene Correct yeah, I was gonna Okay, like yeah, I I really did like him, and I reckon it was just before that yeah. scene where he coaxes Agu into the you know his his sleeping quarters. With I, him. I yeah. thought it was on like a little bit earlier because there was that scene it was earlier on where he took Striker into that hut.
0: Yeah, up early on, I was like, ah, oh, you know, they obviously they didn't insinuate.
2: It was just an insinuation of what was going on. But yeah. <sighs> but I think when you first meet him, I didn't like him. I I, I thought he was like this leader of savages, and yeah. I didn't like him. But then after a while, I was like. Are we, as an audience, are we yeah. supposed to like him? Like, this guy's kind of doing good for yeah. Agu. And then when that scene He's hit, taking care of him and all the other soldiers yeah. in his battalion. And, and then was, I was like, oh, great. No, no, he's a, he's a bad, bad yeah. man. But, he, um, was was he doing it for the kids or was he doing it because he wanted that promotion there? Well, you see what happened when he didn't get that promotion. I think he's pretty much inspired by selfish motives. Exactly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Exactly. I agree. No, he's, he's a bad man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um but he just he was, yeah, he, and was, huge. I just was he was huge and I think
0: um, you can't go past the kid actors in this film either the, yeah. like both Agu and um, Stryker oh. I
1: think both the kids that played those roles Stryker's was, actor was, I thought was fantastic for a guy who didn't I don't think he spoke at all nah, in the but film that was his thing, wasn't yeah. he's, but he's like just his, his facial expressions and just the way he carried himself and like his body language I thought his acting was phenomenal for a guy who, who didn't actually speak it was great
2: no nah, I couldn't agree more I actually felt like Stryker was one of the most significant characters mm. in the film purely yeah. because he was probably the only one who understood Agu and what Agu was going through. Yeah, um, and I actually, I'll, I'll we'll get to this later on about about when 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 he actually gets killed. So, um, but spoiler I thought, alert, that's why we recommend you watch the movies <laughs> um, before listening
1: to our podcast. yeah just going on from what MJ said just about, I guess, um, um, Striker and his relationship with Agu, especially after that, that scene that we'll talk about, is when, as soon as it happens, Agu comes out and Striker straight away, he goes up to me and he consoles him. He puts his arm around him just because, you know, he kind of knows what's happened and, and what it, exactly what it feels like. So, you know, he, he's there to be his friend and, and help him out and he knows his what is going to be a, a terrible time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, director. Obviously, um...
0: We, we like the way the film was made is there any other work or comparisons
1: to any of um, Corey's other work that we, we can think of I yeah, guess it's hard because it's really the first kind of war movie Kind of is done, or yep. what War Piece is done. Obviously, he directed the first season of True Detective, yep. which I'm happy to go on about for hours and hours. <laughs> as one of the best seasons of, well, one of the best individual seasons of TV, I think it been made. I totally agree. Just uh, ignore the second ignore season. Ignore the second season completely. But the first season, one of the best single seasons of TV you ever watch. And I think he's going to direct the next James Bond film, or I believe one, one after that maybe. So yeah, that. yeah, talks about. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I, I, I thought he did a great job. I guess in his first real um, experience of doing kind of a war drama. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what about any of the actors? Are there anyone else that you could have seen, you know, in one of these roles in the film?
1: I actually did have something <laughs> that I wanted to ask you guys about it. Um, I guess, how do you think the movie would have gone if they had cast some bigger actors? More obviously it was Idris Elba than a what have just kind of first guys. So I was thinking guys like um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, maybe playing the father. Ejiofor sorry someone like an Anthony Mackie playing uh, the 2IC role someone like that some guys like that are a bit more renowned how do you think it would have worked if they had to put those big name actors in there
0: well, I sort of liked the you know that you barely knew anyone in the cast because I think it sort of made it more real yeah. um, made you know you actually felt for these kids and felt for what was going on in their in their world. And I guess if you put a face to a character, probably I don't know, maybe wouldn't have come across as um, meaningful.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I don't, and you know what? I think if if there was like someone like the two I see, I don't think they would have changed too much. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it missed a beat at all by not having any any big a list. I thought
1: really well. well just with the cast they had.
2: Yeah do Do you, do you think that? And, and I don't know if this is the right way to look at it. Do Do you think this resonates more if it's not based in an undisclosed African country? Like, for Western culture, can't empathise with it. You know, like you see so many war movies that um, you know do really well at the box office and do really well critically because they're based on the wars that, as Western culture, we know we're familiar with. This is this is a war movie at the end of the day. But do people kind of? separate themselves from it because they're just so unfamiliar with what's happening and they, they sit there and go okay look this is happening over there oh that's that's not a great situation like uh, do you think that changes things because it is and you know it's called beasts of no nation it, it's mm-hmm. you don't know where they are yeah. but I don't think that matters I think that just highlights the overall issue that's happening or has like, I
0: reckon like um I don't know if either of you guys have seen Hotel Rwanda yeah that was yeah comparison yeah, comparator comparator yeah was that was like like to me that's you know very similar in in themes and tone of the film and I, I feel like that sort of did alright like, it, it, did, feel like yeah. it, done, it did it's feel also involved. based it was, on a true, a true story, story yeah. and
2: it's you know it's based in Rwanda the genocide in Rwanda whereas this was as I said I just feel like it could slip under the radar because you know, it's, it's crazy the stuff that's happening over there or that, that's happening in this film um, but you just don't think of it as a you know a straight up war film yeah but. absolutely um, agree
0: so any standout scenes that we can we can think of, anything that really, you know, caught your eye?
1: I, um, well, kind of after watching the movie, going back, I really loved the opening scene of the Imagination TV. Yep. Um, kind of, you know, he's carefree and he's happy, they're playing with their friends. I think it's just kind of a great comparison for the dark and horror of what's to come. So after seeing that movie and seeing how it went to him, just, I guess, seeing that carefree and happiness of the
2: children, I, I really enjoyed that opening scene. The yeah. opening 15 minutes did such a good job at setting up Agu's life and it highlights that significant change that he was about to undergo. I mean if you don't if you don't see that it, the, the character development in Agu doesn't yep. matter as much. Yep. Um, but I mean he he had such a great situation and I think that's where like the importance of family came into it as well and I think Agu's breaking point was when he realized that he wasn't going to find his mother. I think even though despite all the stuff he was going through in the back of his head, he's like, I'm going to find my mother. I'm going to find my mother. And that moment where he thought he found her and it just clicked that he wasn't going to find her. I mean, he just went to another level. Yeah. The TV as well. Like you can like when, um,
0: towards the end during that scene where, um, two, I see is killed and, you know, I sitting there watching that TV in that room, like transfixed with it for a while because it's like going back to it, yeah. it and going back to where he was. So it's that nice little connection as well. Um, Connecting on from what MJ said, that that scene where he sees who he thinks is his mother—that was probably one of the highlight scenes to me. That the tracking of that scene goes back to like True Detective, and there's in True Detective there's that there's a scene goes throughout ten minutes, and it literally followed Matthew McConaughey through um, houses, through doors, and yeah. I feel like this was, this was the same sort of scene. So you know, um, a runs through the house, he knocks the shelves, knocks the glasses, looks over the balcony, and the camera just follows him without cutting. And um, you know, he finds his mother, um, and you know, just the impact of you know what happened to the lady in that house and the child in that house um, and they're able to tell that all in that one
2: one take without any cuts I thought it was um, pretty incredible it was really well done
1: was no, the people seem to watch him, that's at the that's it the him. And
2: being from his perspective because you're watching it from here and he's encumbered by so many things in front of him and it, the whole thing's a mess and um and that's what I love about being you're Agu in this film you are 100% and, and that was that was big I think
0: the voiceovers um of Agu telling his story and every time he did that voiceover talking of his mother I think that was a really good um narrative connection throughout to, to you know reacquaint the audience to understand that they're following his story um and you know the desire to film to, to find his mum um you know throughout which I felt was really good um the other scene that I thought was really good as well was the scene with the grenades in the mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the grenades in the mouth. You don't actually need to see what actually happens, but the impact of, um, you know, the commander walking away and seeing an explosion in the background, I thought that was really well done as well.
2: So that, to me, th- this highlights something where I can be a little bit critical because um, it goes both... I can see both ways that they're trying to make this film. Um, and you see these truly shocking situations like grenades stuck in people's mouths and child soldiers rape and murder. Um but it didn't floor me the way that other films have flawed me with, with that kind of graphic content. Like Rot- Hotel Rwanda, for example, is a great comparison. And that knocked me about so much more than this film did. And I don't know whether that's deliberate because we are watching it from Agu's perspective and he's at a point where he is completely numb to all this stuff. And as a director, is, is he trying to make sure that we don't think... we're trying to, He's almost trying to normalise it because this is the way it is. Um, or like has, has he missed a beat with trying to pull you in emotionally to, to a completely other level because I felt like watching the actual content I was sitting there going this is nuts but I didn't feel it the way I thought I would have felt it and, and I don't know what you guys think whether that's a missed opportunity or whether that was a deliberate choice because you know Agu was numb to it I think it was
1: deliberate because we're going through this film with Agu and he was numb to it and that's how he wanted us to perceive it Yeah, fair enough I think I'm- what, are there any scenes that you didn't like? Anything that
2: you thought could have been done better? Well, this goes. This goes to striker's death. For me, was yeah. the most significant film in the in the in the, sorry significant significant scene in the movie, um, and that got to a moment of the story where Agu was done. Like this, this was the one guy who was understood him, who he kind of had solace in, and it was the most. It was, it was underwhelming in a sense where like he just all of a sudden he got he got shot that we didn't realise they carried him on for a little bit all of a sudden oh no he's actually dead yeah. let's put a big branch on him and off we go yeah. and to me I again I thought it was a missed opportunity because I'm sitting there going this is this is huge striker he's the man and oh no he's gone let's just gloss over it but again I think that's just, that's where Agu was at yeah. like he was numb to it
0: yeah I I literally had that I thought that scene dragged on where he dies and then Agu puts him on his back and walks with him and you know this film went for two hours and 40 minutes something like that something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. Something like, was that long was it it was it needed it was a good edit yeah. like yeah. you, you, there's so much that you could have taken out in this sort of end towards the end of the film when
2: we already know how you know, yeah, the yeah. pain that he's going through and, but and I wanted to suffering. feel more that was the thing for me I, and I, I get that he's trying to do something different but I, I wanted to feel a little bit more and like Hotel Rwanda and the Killing Fields—two comparative titles that I, I still think about those movies. Like, yeah. um, and it, it didn't quite get me there, and that, that's probably my only bit of criticism. And, and maybe it did drag on a little bit as well, that that played into that as well. But I just it didn't quite grab me when when he had so many chances to do so. Yeah, and that's that's nitpicking. But
0: me, I'm nitpicking as well. But the towards the end of the film when. You know, they surrender and um, they take the kids back to that UN sort of yeah. compound sort of thing. Massive Land Rover um, product placement, which did my head in. <laughs> like the whole film, we've gone the whole film, it's, you know, just set out in the middle of nowhere and then bang, camera pans in, bang straight in the middle of the Land Rover logo. I'm just like, didn't need it. <laughs> didn't need
1: it. Okay. Either, anything? Um, I guess more I'm just... I love the movie, I think, in my opinion, I think it should have ended a little differently. Yep. I um, like this. I like where this is going. going. So, I your guys' thoughts, in the, the end scene, you've got the standoff when the new TIC, you know, the, 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 he goes up to the commander and, and they're hungry, they're not, you know, getting fed or anything and they're all going to storm off and they all pull their guns and there's a big standoff. Mm. I think a goo should have shot and killed the commandant. Ooh. It would have been come full circle. All the things that's happened to him, the all the all the horrors he's been put through. I I would have liked to see a goo shoot him.
2: Interesting. You know, I commandant. never thought I never never thought he was going to.
1: I never. I, I didn't think he would have too. But I. that that's how i kind of watching it. You know, feeling for a goo and everything he's gone through. So then, what happens? Because I, I don't mind where you're going with this. Jeez, I hadn't thought that.
0: Part, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I, I reckon, oh. like, the, I think that the the end scene, like, and a needing some sort of redemption. I think if he had have killed the commandant, that probably wouldn't have been able to proceed as well.
2: Mm. Towards,
0: and we'll probably get into that a bit later, but like, yeah, I, you want to feel for this kid still, and if he shoots the commandant, I feel like
1: you lose, I, lose something. I'd still feel it. for him though, because yeah. I'd understand why he shot him.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it goes both ways yeah. does not it? Cuz from hate's perspective it's that closure. Mm. Yeah. And from Jesse's perspective it's keeping, you know, what's good inside him. So mm. So I guess what sort of themes or motives can you think of like from this film? I there's so much in this. So many. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Much. Much. You know, what's what it, power I couldn't I tried to think about what the the main thing, you know, what's the one thing they're trying to focus on, but I couldn't quite get there cuz power is such a significant theme and and power is what drives a commandant. Um but then you've also got... I think family is a really yeah. underrated um, theme in this because it all kind of ties back into family and then you've got your actual blood family that got them going in the first place. But then, you know, this th- these savages became a family of sorts as well. And, and obviously, like, war's a, <coughs> war's a theme in the film war's as well. The other one, like, yeah.
0: I felt like that it could have been more done to explain um, or to sort of explain the the differences in war i mean there was one scene where there was that white van that drove through with there were a couple of western yeah. photographers yeah, and so that was it tourists and tourists or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like were they journalists what were they in like you know that threw is, me that's is, same. is, is yeah. that like trying to say oh you know western society is doing nothing in africa to try and help or is it saying that you know providing them with these weapons and and you know is whose fault is the war yeah. sort of thing um i felt like that could have probably been explored a little bit more
1: yeah i think The big um, thing for me was, very much like the movie Platoon, was the loss of innocence. Mm -hmm. The the, the tagline for the the movie Platoon is, the first casualty of war is innocence. I thought that really applied to this one. Going through um, Magoo and showed basically the innocence of a child being taken away. He's been exposed to violence, to death, to sexual assault. Really felt like that, that loss of innocence of a child. It's a big one that I,
0: I felt like throughout the film, they did a good job of reminding the audience that he was a child. Like, they had the scenes, you know, they were playing soccer all the time, they are playing tag or chasing the long grass, the hunting animals, sitting around a fire, being kids. And then, you know, I think Agu said, every person I know is dying. If this war is ending, I cannot be going back to doing child things. So, you know, yeah. that definitely
2: goes in with the... Mm-hmm. He's lost his childhood. His childhood yep. is gone. And do you think his character development is so significant? Do you do you think that's because of the situation he's in, or because he's also a child and he's at that he's at that age where it can change so quickly? He's kind of been forced to. Yeah, really. I mean, so it's a situation. Yeah, yeah I think it's a situation. <laughs> if he was twenty five in this in this role, he was twenty five year old who yeah. had the same upbringing where he was, you know, uh, not familiar with this sort of world, and then it happened. Do you think it would have been different? I don't think there'd be as a bigger...
0: Yeah, there wouldn't have been as big a circle to go with because he wouldn't have had that help at the end to... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, wouldn't yeah he, to wouldn't, he wouldn't have got to the yeah, end. He wouldn't have got to Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing that I really picked up on was like this theme of like rain and water as like a a, a turning point in a goose sort of um, his life. So um, the first time in the movie that it rains is just after his um, mother and, and um, siblings are taken away in the car and it, it buckets down that night and that's sort of like a, a turning point in his life. And then the second time it, it buckets down is after he kills the man brutally where he um, kills him. And they're sitting in the back of the, the truck and it's raining and he's talking to Strike and trying to get Stryker to talk to him. And then the third time um, is after he walks away from the, command, the commandant at the end and he walks away from the commandant you know um, doesn't listen to his orders walks away decides his own fate and then it rains again and so I thought those were three really significant things in his life and then the final scene is him yeah, it's running into the ocean yeah so he's going back to the
2: water mm. turning around with all these other isn't it raining as well the night before they go into the, the, ocean, the ocean when itself. they're at the yeah, at the city yeah. The city. so yeah. I, to me I thought that was really clever the way that
0: Cleansing when it, it rains yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like that, it's pretty that pretty fresh start every time hmm. yeah so yeah, I up, right? oh, very good. Big I've, 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 useful for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what, what do we take away from the film? Do you think it was good? Was it bad? What are our thought, thoughts? I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen. Mm. I think it would have been great in a cinema.
2: Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think it's overly necessary, but I do think the idea of like a dark, quiet screening, it's not the kind of thing you want to put on in the middle of the day and, and, and watch it. No. Um, I don't think it needed the big screen though, because it was quite raw and emotional. But I do think if you're going if you're going to watch it, watch it properly in the dark, yeah, the at dark. night time when you're ready for you know the, the you're a different mindset. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to be in a real like an you know, you've know, got to be ready to to, to concentrate. It's to be open.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an intense film. You've got to be kind of be yeah, not just in kind of a lazy mood, just like oh, you know, we'll just chuck something on and see. Like this is one that you really want to sit there and take in. Um, Idris Elba. A couple of times I felt like his British accent was was just coming through every now and then. That, <laughs> and that annoyed me a little bit. I <laughs> enjoyed his accent. I thought he did a good job. Uh, there are a couple of scenes. I didn't that I notice coming <laughs> oh, not through, but I'm also just transfixed on it. <laughs> like, yeah. He could speak in any accent. I'm just like, he's just brilliant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just perving on him. Um, IMDb. So this is a little bit of a segment that we want to talk about. Is there a point of the film anyone jumped on
2: IMDb to, to look something up? For me, it was to check Agu's age um an age when he was um I acting in the film. It, yeah. So um look, I, I didn't recognise many of the many of the casts. So I think in, in our IMDB little little part we want to sit there and go, oh what's that guy from? I've seen it but it didn't really happen for me for this, but I mean there's not a movie that I watch now. I'm not on IMDB and yeah, yeah. finding out that he's fourteen years old when they filmed this was, was super impressive. Yeah.
1: Uh, for me I jumped on when we were first introduced to to IC and I thought he looks familiar was? He, what, was he I he was from? wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> jumped on and went, oh, you know what? I don't know him. He, he just looked familiar. But yeah, that, that was the, the kind of only point. Other than that, yeah, I just, yeah, it, I mean, not a lot of familiar actors really. Um, just kind of went through and enjoyed the movie. But yeah, that was the only point where I thought, oh, you look familiar, but it turns out I was wrong. Good. Yeah. I'm, I jumped on to check out where it was filmed because I wanted to
0: see the locations yep. where they picked and obviously Ghana. So um, yeah, some lovely locations. Especially the beaches towards the end. Yeah,
2: they were nice. They? <laughs>
0: Very nice. <laughs> It'll It'll big contrast good. to what we'd seen for a while. Yeah. So this is the sort of time where, if we've um, got some questions about the film that we'd like to ask each other, is there anything that um, that stood out for you? I've I've got a couple of things that I'd like to go nuts to mate. go. Um, so we spoke about it earlier, but the commandant. Does he have any good qualities at all? Like I felt like. Whenever they went to battle, he was rarely at the front of the line. He always sent the kids in first to do all the dirty work. So to me, was he weak? Like,
1: was he weak the whole way through, or do you think uh, that. I, I don't. Well, in terms of that, he, he wasn't really the, the the fighter, he was the leader. He was there instructing everyone. I think that's, that's um, common, I think, in the water kind of war movies, kind of, you know, the battalion leader is the one that instructs him. He, he's there standing behind so he can see everything unfolding. He wants to, you know, you guys go here, here. I, I, I don't really. I wouldn't put that as a four against him for not being at the front because he's the one that should be I guess controlling
2: everyone but doesn't a leader lead from the front <laughs> yeah.
1: Different climate. I guess. I don't, know. I don't know if
2: he was weak or not brave but I mean he was just so corrupted by power and, and that's that's all that mattered to him that he was kind of if anything gets in the way then I mean he he basically killed 2IC just because he was going to take over the group like <laughs> yeah. I mean, he and was wasn't his fault either. No, he was someone else. said he was said he, he, he's going to take his job, so, yeah. so it felt like a natural progression. And yeah, when you're second in charge. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Re, re, he didn't have many redeeming qualities. No, no I don't anymore. think so either. I thought, I thought but was... I mean, as I said at the start, there was a period where I was like, okay, maybe I've got maybe I've got him wrong. Maybe the audience is supposed to like him. Like, he's he's the savior. He's a protector of all of these people. Um, and I think there was enough. But there would be plenty of people in that. Uh, tribe or whatever you want to call it, um, that, that saw him that way. Yeah. So they seen as that father figure, but I mean, deep down he, he was, he wasn't, he was so fundamentally flawed in that area yeah. as well. But I mean, he did give people purpose. What
0: did you think about the introduction of, of drugs to the, to the younger members of the tribe and some of the scenes that we got from that? Like I thought the, the scene with, um, you know, when it goes sort of seeing all these different colors and the, the different, um, the the tribe members are different sort of creatures and things like that. What do you reckon that was trying to say? Is there anything that that stood out for you on um, like to me? I thought that you know as a filmmaker um, that the directors sort of picked up on that and said, okay, we need to talk about the drugs that these kids are taking and is that sort of them wiping from their mind the actions they're actually doing?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say it's something to do it. I mean. If- they probably think they have to take these drugs to, to get by. Like, you know, they're doing horrible things, they've seen horrible things, you know, so I kind of, with any drugs in any kind of movie, it's, a lot of it is, it's an escape, I guess, yeah, from the things they're doing.
2: But not to mention, it also just highlights the uh, the environment that these kids are in as well. I mean, yeah. as much as we did just talk about it being a family or an escape for them or something safe, it's, it's, it's not a good place.
0: And sort of to, to finish off with the questions that I've got, like, do... Agu's circumstances and his desperation justify what he does what he did in that film do his
2: circumstances mean that he
1: had to do what he did
2: yes yeah I yeah. think so otherwise yeah. he would have been killed I'm trying to think of a way to say no to that but
1: it's too, it's too
2: hard to say I mean right. even that's that first scene where he, wait, sorry that scene where he first kills a man yep. I mean you see the struggle yeah. that he goes with him and then straight away <laughs> you have that voiceover where he's like you know dear god I killed a man like yep. it's it's not an easy decision for him, and it's not you know. So many people are savages in that, in that movie, and he you know, he stands out. What do you? What's your answer to that?
0: I totally agree. I think it's a really tricky one because, yeah. you know, you, the first thing you say is why doesn't he run at night? One the first night, one of the nights they're all asleep, ample opportunity to run, and then you could almost have another story of him on the run with these guys chasing him. Yeah. Or, but obviously, you know, this story is going in one way, but you know, it's tough because in that situation where he's told to kill someone he has to do it he's got no choice but I feel like as an audience we were watching him making that choice over and over in his head um, and obviously he had no choice in that, that instance but from then on you know the choice to
1: stay the choice to stay like where would he run to I mean the movie starts with him, him running yeah. and he gets caught like if he runs again yeah. is he just going to get caught again by them like very thinking exactly. About. Well, who knows? Like,
0: you know, so conveniently at the end, they're able, right, at, the, yeah. at the end of the film, um, conveniently, yeah. they're able to just surrender when they want to surrender to yeah. who they can surrender. So, and you know, we saw earlier on that there was that white van walking through. So, there are obviously people around that they can go to. So, I, I don't
2: know. But I've, this comes back to him being a, a kid at yeah, the end of the day. And, this, exactly. and this, is, this is all he's got and this is all he knows. Um, it's almost a credit to him that he doesn't get fully corrupted by it when he really just should have completely bought could have completely bought into it yeah. uh, he does still maintain some sort of decency so I think it's time to
0: to bring out our, our ratings for the film pretty much we're going to go around the table we're going to rate the film out of 5 and then we're going to come up with an average to give our overall um, feelings
2: of the film so let's go with heater. how do we go? I love this film I give it a 4 out of 5 I thought, it was a, I thought it was a really powerful and inviting narrative, and I loved the way that the journey was buddied up to the main character. Um, it's four stars to me. I think it just missed out, as I said, just pulling that emotion out of me a little bit more. Um, but four stars, great movie.
0: Oh, I guess I'm going to sound very repetitive here, but um, I'm going to give it four stars as well. My reasons are that it deserved a really good edit that it needed to be cut down massively and I think you could have told that story in a lot shorter time what happened to the good old days where movies were 90 minutes like (laughs) over two hours of this film a little bit too long so yeah four out of five for me as well but I totally agree with
2: what you guys have both said so that pretty much brings us to the end of our episode Um, full disclosure for our audience (laughs) we (laughs) We haven't discussed these films at all, so we wanted to make this conversation as organic as possible. The one thing that we spoke about <laughs> is we need to figure out what our average average score is, so we need to find out how many stars you gave it beforehand because we're not going to be able to do the maths on hand. And as it turned out, we all gave this film four, so... <laughs> so that's a nice and easy one so to start no, with. Nice and easy <laughs> the film averages out to a four. <laughs> so yeah, for those playing at home, four, uh, four stars was the average.
0: So we do have um, a social media presence that we've set up and we're, we're looking forward to use. So we're going to put a, a question um, on social media each week after our episode and we're hoping that you guys will send in some questions for us too about the films. So the question we're going to chuck up after this episode is, do you think that Agu will go on to live a normal life? I think that's a, that's a good, a good question. little question to sort of start a little bit of um, bit of conversation on our um, social media forums. We do have Twitter where we are at FlixForum. Uh, Facebook, we are also FlixForum. And on Instagram, we're FlixForum too. So quite handy, easy to remember. Um, our next episode... We're going to do the second uh, film in the, the Netflix series, and we're going to discuss the 2015 Western comedy, The Ridiculous Six, starring... Very similar film to... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah massively <laughs> Ridiculous Six, starring Adam Sandler. So um, we'd like you to try and watch it if you can before so you can join in the discussion. Um, I'd like to say sort of thanks, guys, for our first episode. Thank you. No, this is a yeah, thanks, long guys. Fun. It's been great fun. Thanks for having us. Seems like um, we've gone all right, so um, hopefully you'll hear us again next week and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about The Ridiculous Six. Alright,
2: see you later. See ya. See you guys.